My name is Dustin Agard. Um, I, I haven't met some of you. Some of you might know my wife, my wife TJ. Come on. Man, yeah. Some of y'all know my wife TJ. She's on staff here. She's the early childhood director, oversees preschool and whatnot. And if you don't know who she is, I have a picture of the two of us. This might help you a little bit. This is my wife and I. Some of y'all might recognize her. Um, I got another picture. It might help. There she is. Yeah, that, that's my boo thing. Who just whistled at my wife? I will get Derek. You're lucky this is a group of all girls. I didn't know what was happening. So that's my, that's my boo thing. That's TJ. Uh, she's on staff here. Love working with, with her. It's so cool. And then I have some kiddos, uh, and, and I adopted one right here. So this is my family with an adopted stingray. He's cheesing and everything. That's a real stingray. And we are really freaked out. And then here's another picture of my family. It's my daughter, Darby, Callie Joy, and Riley. Uh, Riley's in sixth grade, which means he's now in my ministry. And I need to explain something to you. I know you're not a dad. But it's really awkward when you go into a series on sex and dating. And you look out, and then there's your son. I'm really, y'all are laughing, but it's not funny. Like, I'm not sure what to do, so it's really awkward. He's going to be coming to dig uh, for the first time with us. Very excited about that. We're in this series on relationships, on dating, and very excited about it. Last week, we launched it with uh, too much of a good thing is actually a bad thing, and so uh, started that off excited about it, obsessed, and uh, we're talking about relationships are everywhere in music and culture and movies. As a matter of fact, I'm going to uh, kind of say some lines and then I'm going to ask you to see if you can uh, either fill in the blank or know what song it's from. So uh, see if you can fill this in. You had me at? Hello. Hello. What movie is that, anybody? Jerry Maguire. All right, Jerry Maguire. I'm going to see if, if some of y'all can get this. If you're a dude and you get some of these, it's extra credit, okay? I think our love can do anything we want it to. Anybody. It's a movie. The Notebook. I think I just heard a guy whisper it. Hey, don't be whispering. Don't be insecure. I'm proud of you. Good job. He's all like, say the notebook. Say the notebook. Say it. And so the lion fell in love with the lamb. Twilight. Bunch of freaks. All right. I hope he buys you flowers. I hope you hold your hand. I hope you let me finish this quote. All right. Bruno Mars, you got it. Last one. We were both young when I first saw you is Taylor Swift. So we, we get it. It's all in pop culture. And then if you can't even help that, I'm, I'm just trying to watch a little ESPN as a dude. And I can't even watch ESPN without being inundated with, with commercials like this. Some of you may have seen Farmers Only. Check this out. Where are all the country girls? They're at FarmersOnly.com.
Y'all actually like that a little bit too much. Can I just get a raise of hands of people that think that's weird and creepy? Come on. Thank you. If your hand's not up, you need to talk to Derek after this. All right. And, and I don't know if you've seen, there's actually a Christian one out there too. It's called ChristianMingle.com. If you haven't seen Christian Mingle, maybe it's time you did. Check us out. It's pretty simple, really. I'm the uh, local rep for ChristianMingle.com. Uh, recently, we've got some reports of people not acting very Christian on dates. So, uh, new company policy. Yeah. Now, whenever anyone registers for the site, uh, they send me over to the house, and I just do a quick look around, ask them a few questions just to make sure they're Christian. Hey, uh, Brittany, I'm with uh, Christian Mingle. We just got your application. No, what do you mean? I didn't sign up for Christian Oh, yeah, Mingle. one of your friends signed you up as a joke. Okay, everybody says that. And uh, when did you get saved? I think 12, maybe. Youth Camp First Baptist Church. Okay, and uh, do you still go there? Yes, but it's not called First Baptist. Uh, is that something more like trending now? It's like Mosaic or Cross Point or like Watermark? <laughs> Thrive Church, actually. Yeah, you walk into the building, you're not sure if it's a church or a banana republic. Hey, Chad, I'm with Christian Mingle. We just got your application. I just need to come over quick, ask you a few questions. Whoa. Just take a look around the house. Hey, just make sure I everything's didn't agree. good. Okay, Is this even legal? While I was having a look around, I did find your phone. You took my phone? Yeah, just a couple things quick I want to go over with you. Looking at here, uh, Tinder and Snapchat are on page one. And your Bible app is on page two in a folder, and it needs to be updated. Look, Google Plus? I mean, Christian or not, who's using Google Plus? In 2011, I noticed that you favorited a tweet with a swear word. Okay. Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Love's like a hurricane. I am a tree. I can't feel my face when I'm with you. But I love Well, you shouldn't love it, and you shouldn't know that song. Is that safe for the whole family? I don't think so. I'm going to be real honest with you, Brittany. Uh, I just... I'm not seeing the fruit. I don't know what else I can tell you. I, I volunteer at a soup kitchen on Thanksgiving. I work in the church nursery every week. I got a Bible verse tattooed on my shoulder in Hebrew. Okay, Republican or Democrat? Republican. Global warming. No evidence. Stem cell research. Don't know what it is, but I'm against it. Guns. Love them. Obama. Hate them. Welcome to Christian Mingle. I mean, I hear what you're saying, and on paper... Things look great, but uh, I'm going to be real honest with you. Uh, yoga pants? I, I, personally, I just don't see how someone could be a Christian and wear yoga pants. If there's anything I can do to prevent someone from a life of destruction, and I feel like my work here is done. All right, ChristianMingle.com. Obviously, that's a spoof. If you are offended by any of that, you can email Pastor Derek, and he'd love to connect with you later on. This is the thing. We're not going to be talking about any of that stuff. I don't care whether you wear yoga pants or not. Um, if you're a dude, I think it's a little bit weird, but I'm not going to judge you. But I do want to have a frank conversation with you when it comes to dating. And, and, and dating and relationships is really close to my heart. And I want to just share with you a little bit, and I believe I have a little bit of, of wisdom I just want to share with you tonight. You see, my, my parents were married and then got divorced and then married and then got divorced again. Uh, by the time I was born, my parents were actually never even together. And so I've never spent one day on this earth with my parents together. And many of you know what that's like. Unfortunately, you know what it's like because we live in the most uh, divorced generation in the history of our world. Let me say that again. We live in the most divorced generation in the history of our world. And if I were to ask you, we were going to sit one-on-one, -on -one and I was going to say, hey, tell me about your, your, your 
10 years from now where you want to be in a relationship, you would, you would paint this picture. I'm from Orlando, Florida. Me and Mickey were, were homeboys. And so, you know, you would kind of paint a picture that looked a little bit like the happily ever after. And I would say, great, in order to get that, you have to start doing this, 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 and this. And you would say, well, that's not at all what I've been taught by culture and by society. I've been taught something completely different. I, I used to live in Orlando, and then I actually moved to Los Angeles. I lived in Hollywood, California, literally right dab in the middle of Hollywood. And I'm going to tell you something that, that not a lot of people know. Hollywood is probably the grossest, nastiest, dirtiest place in America. It's a complete fake. It's a fraud. It's disgusting. Nobody wants to live there. It, the homeless pop, everything about it is fake. Everybody there knows it, but we glamorize something else on our radio and on our TV. And so I remember from a young age, it was my birthday, September 20th, and it was time for me to blow out the candles. And I may have been five or six, and, and I was learning the idea and the tradition of making a wish. And, and I remember being told I need to come up with a wish. And I remember thinking, okay, I have a wish. And my parents have, have never been together. My dad remarried, and there was no way they were going to get back together. And I remember looking at the candles, and I remember making a wish that they would get back together. And I blew them out. And then the next year, I did it again. And I remember as I grew up, I began to pray for it. All the way up until the age of 18, every single year on my birthday, I would pray, and I would blow out the candles, hoping that my parents would get back together. I think divorce destroys a lot of people, uh, some more than others, and for me, it just destroyed me. I just saw the nasty effects of it, and so do you. And so I remember making kind of a vow, I guess, from a really young age that I, I just told God, I said, God, if you allow me to get married, it's going to be once. I'm one and done, and that's it. And I remember from a young age being so passionate about it that I knew that so many people were getting divorced that I had to do things differently. If I did the same thing everybody else is doing, I'm going to get the same results. And I had to do something different. And students, I'm going to beg you and challenge you to do something different. And the only reason I want to beg you and challenge you is because what Hollywood doesn't tell you at the end of those songs and at the end of those movies is a lot of heartache. And you don't believe me, just look at your own family if you're experiencing fighting all the time in your house or divorce. Or I don't want my kids to have to choose which holiday they're going to go with mom or dad. I just don't want that. And it's in your notes, and you can kind of follow along. It says unhealthy dating equals unhealthy marriages. Unhealthy dating equals unhealthy marriages. And you're thinking, man, I'm not even talking about marriage yet. I'm just, I'm just trying to get a date to prom. You know what I'm saying? It's like, man, let me just get there. But what I want to walk you through is that how you actually get a date and what you do with the date now in high school will actually determine what type of marriage you're setting yourself up for. So unhealthy dating equals unhealthy marriages. My goal for us is that we would change the divorce rate. That's my prayer for you, that God would use you to change the divorce rate. I wish I could tell you that in the Christian world it's different than in the non-Christian world, but actually the stats are very similar in divorce rate. I want to show you the best day of my life. This is May 4th, 2002. This is my boo. Uh. So you can leave that up there for a minute. Some of you are like, how did that two get that ten? I don't understand it. And that's called God's grace. And so if you're a two in here and you're like, man, I really like a 10. How do I do that? Just keep praying. Keep coming to church. No, literally, keep coming to church. That's where I met her. 
middle school youth group. Seriously, I met her in middle school youth group. We started uh, kind of doing a little something, something, and then no, a little something, something. Some of y'all, this I was winking at her. Y'all are like, what? So this is what I'm going to do. If you're sitting by somebody that's opposite sex, I just want you to give them that look and just say, it could be you. <laughs> could be you. Just saying. Could be you. All right. If you didn't feel any awkwardness, I'm going to ask you to pursue that maybe. I don't know. If you didn't feel awkwardness, maybe that's the Lord telling you to pursue a little something. All right. We're here to hook you up. All right, here we go. That's not at all what we want to do. Hey, I want you to go ahead and open up your Bible to page 252. We're going to open up to Judges, page 252. Judges, chapter 13. We're going to talk about a guy named Samson. Everybody say Samson. Mm. We're going to talk about Samson. Page 252. Chapter 13, verse 5, it says this. This is talking to Samson's mom. You become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite, dedicated to God from the womb, who will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. All right, so right here from a young age, not even born yet, God's saying, I got my hand on him, and I got big plans for this guy. As a matter of fact, not only do I have big plans for him, I'm actually creating him a little bit different than everybody else because I have big plans for him. He's going to be hairy, and it's going to be awkward. Some of you are like, man, God just wants me to read the Bible. I can't imagine being hairy and having to do some of these other things. So he was hairy. Do we have any bearded dudes in the house? Come on. Yeah. Yeah, I got a beard. Yeah. All right, let's keep on going. Verse 14, verse 1, chapter 14, verse 1. Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I've seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now go get her for me as my wife. How awesome would that be? You're like, I just need a prom date. Mom, go hook it up. Come on. Go get her for me as my wife. His father and mother replied, listen to this. Isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives or among our people? The first part's a little awkward, okay? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? But Samson said to his father, get her for me. She's the right one for me. Where, where he says, hey, do you have to go to the Philistines, the uncircumcised ones? Re remember that what he's saying is basically, why are you choosing an ungodly person? Choose a godly person. He said, no, 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 you don't understand. Godly or not, she's the right one for me. And, and students, we, we do this a lot. It's like we, we see somebody and it's like, yeah, I know they don't go to church. Yeah, I know they don't love God, but oh, man, that's the right. We got a connection. You don't understand. And plus, I'm going to do the mission thing where I'm going to talk to them about God and it's okay. It's okay. You need to understand we're doing this. I'm not asking you. We're doing this. We're going out. And that's where Samson was. So, so God had his hand on him. Now he says, hey, I'm going out with this person regardless of whether or not she's godly. That's what I'm doing. Get her for me. She's the right one for me. So he already ignores what Exodus 20 says when it says, honor your father and mother. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Ignores that. Get her, get her for me. She's the right one. And then 
Samson and the dad and mom start hanging out, and they're walking somewhere. In verse 6, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon Samson so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands. And then it even says, as, as though he may have done it to a young goat. I don't know what that means. I guess it was common to do it to young goats. You just tear young goats apart. But he was able to do that to a lion. Very, very, uh, very weird. All right, so then uh, I'm going to kind of fast forward a little bit. But what ends up happening is uh, Samson ends up kind of getting into this uh, kind of this battle and this prank war that kind of gets a little bit heated with some people. And what he ends up doing is he ends up saying a riddle and basically saying, hey, if you figure it out, then, then I'll do this. But he knew they wouldn't figure it out. And then he tells his, his wife, and then, and then all of a sudden she tells the person because it was her family. And long story short, they guess it, and now he gets mad. And this is what he does to get back at them because he guessed the riddle. He ends up getting 300 foxes. So he, he says that he catches 300 foxes. I mean, think about when you do a prank. Sometimes it's like 10 minutes. This guy went out and caught 300 foxes. That's like, man, you're really intense into this prank. Then he takes them, and, and, and he ties their tails together one by one, so now they're in pairs. Imagine how long this has taken, how much anger and craziness there is. And then he lights the tails on fire and lets them go. So it ends up burning their village, burns all, all their, uh, their fields and everything. Like, can you imagine? Like, this is one dude, and he's like, like he, this is creepy. Like, if you're watching on TV, you're like, this guy's got issues. This probably took weeks, if not months. And, and then he probably was debating, like, man, I didn't realize it would go that far. Is this too far, too, not too far? And then all of a sudden, the people retaliated, and they ended up killing the wife and the wife's dad. Burned them alive. It's like, yeah, I think that was too far. That was way too far. So his first wife's gone. Then he ends up in verse chapter, uh, I believe it's 16. Yeah, 16 verse 1. One day Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. He went in to spend the night with her. So there's relationship number two. Then verse four. Sometime later he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, See if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how you can overpower him so that he may, so we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. So the thing with Samson is, obviously, with that whole lion thing, he's got remarkable strength, like, like absolutely incredible strength. Nothing and nobody can stop him. And so now his enemies come up with a plan. Hey, we can't control him, but we need to figure out what it is that actually is giving him that strength. And so we're going to send Delilah in. We know that he's vulnerable in relationships. He, he kind of does the godly thing over here, but, uh, and, he, and, he, and he devouts himself over here. But we know he's, he struggles in relationships. So we're going to send a girl in to sabotage him and his plan. And so Delilah comes in and it says that he fell in love with her. And all of a sudden... They're laying down, they're going to bed, and she says, hey, will you tell me what the secret is with, with your strength? Where do you get it from? And so he makes something up, and in the middle of the night, she, she screams that somebody's breaking in. Hey, 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 Samson, wake up, come and protect me, and, and he wakes up, and, and just like that, kind of the, the trick that she did was the first one was uh, bowstrings, and so she tied him up with bowstrings because he said that, and, and he was easily able to break them, and then she's like, okay, well, I guess that wasn't it. He lied to me. And then, and then he says, seriously, why did you lie to me? Come, tell me the truth, what's going on? And so he says, okay, if you do this, and so she does it. Literally, they do this three or four times. 
from different braided hair to different kinds of string to all different things. They tie them up, and each time he was lying to her. And then finally, the last time, he said, okay, okay, I'll tell you what it is. It's my hair. If you actually, if you were to cut my hair, I would lose all my strength. And so she tried one more time and went to bed, and then she cut all his hair off. And then she cried out, said, hey, hey, they're breaking in again. The Philistines are here. Wake up. And at that point, he couldn't break the ropes because all of his strength left. And they ended up taking him in. They ended up gouging out his eyes. And then God allowed him favor one last time. Kind of the end of the story is he ends up uh, in between two pillars, and he pushes them down. Long story short, he kills like two or 3,000 people just like that to end his life. But this is the point. The very beginning when he was in the womb, God said he's going to deliver Israel. God had a big plan on him. His plan was sabotaged because of a relationship. Let me change it. His plan was sabotaged because of how he looked at relationships. It wasn't one. It was a pattern. He messed up the first time. He messed up the second time with the prostitute, and he did not have eyes that were wise on what to look for on number three. And so I'm going to walk us through some things that I think we can learn from on when to date, how to date, and what to look for when it comes to dating. But students, let me tell you this. I've never seen a more addictive drug than the opposite sex. I've, I've never seen people that are, are committed to God and all my life, all of a sudden they date the wrong person and they're gone. They don't come anymore. They're completely godless. And you've seen it. You know it. Your decision and who you date, how you date, and when you date is one of the biggest factors in your spiritual life. It is very, very, very spiritual. If you're taking notes, I want you to go ahead and write some things down. If you're not taking notes, I'd like you to take notes. How's that? All right. Do y'all have pens? Everybody got a pen? Behind your chairs? Hey, there are pens located in the seat backs in front of you. All right. Perfect. Thank you. Good job. Who said that? What's your name? Ansley. Thank you. What do you do if you're on the front row? You steal theirs? Okay, that's cool. That's awesome. All right, so this is what I want us to do. I want us to look at three things you do on when, uh, what to do, when to know to date, and who to date. All right, three things you should do if you want to know who to date and when. Three things you should know what to do, when to date, and who to date. First one is this, honor your parents. If you want to know when to date and who to date, you want to know when to date and who to date, meaning uh, not like what time you should date, like how old you should be to date. Some of you in here, you're not allowed to date. I'm not giving you permission to date. That's not up to me. That's between God, you, and your parents. The first thing you need to do is honor your parents, Exodus 20, verse 12. It's a commandment. Honor your parents. Honor your parents. Some of you are dating somebody that your parents don't approve, and you don't know why your relationship isn't blessed. Some of you want to start a relationship with somebody, and you think it's going to be awesome, and it's going to be all romantic, and it's going to be perfect, but you know it's not what would honor your parents. If it doesn't honor your parents, I guarantee 100% it's not going to honor God. Guaranteed. And this is the comeback every student wants to tell me. But you don't understand. My parents are crazy. So are mine. Okay? I've never met a teenager that actually thinks they have normal parents. Ever. Every teenager's parents are crazy. And you're thinking, does it get better in your 20s? No. My, my mom was here this weekend. She's crazy. She's crazy. I love her. But we all think our parents are crazy. And, and when you and I think our parents are crazy, we begin to think we can justify when we listen to them or not. 
well, they're not even godly, and they're not even this, and you don't understand what they watch, and this is that. No, no, no. The Bible says honor your mom and dad, period. Honor them. And so if you have a blessed relationship, you need to talk to them. Hey, mom and dad, am I allowed to date? Nope. All right, great. End of discussion. Not nope, and then I'm going to try to, you know, just go out with this guy for a year, but we're not really dating. We just kind of go to the movies and make out and do stuff like that. But we're not dating because I'm not allowed to date. Oh. All right, whatever that means. Okay. First thing, honor your parents. That's easy. Second one, listen to godly influence more than your feelings. If you want to know when to date and who to date, listen to godly influences more than your feelings. If you're a leader, if you're an H12 leader, I'm going to ask you to stand up. If you are an H12 leader, stand up right where you're at. All right, let me, let me share something real quick about them. You have, I want everybody to stay standing, all the leaders. Students, look at me and listen to this. You have hobbies, things that you love to do in your spare time. They include video games. They include Netflix. They include sports. Some of you, it's weird and studying. That's a hobby. Some of you, it's weird and it's like running. That's weird to me. Um, but you have hobbies, right? The people standing up, you know what their hobby is? What they like to do in their spare time? They love to come on a Tuesday night and lead teenagers to Jesus. So look at me, students. If you're not asking them about your dating life, you're missing out on one of the biggest influences God has placed in your life. God has placed them here for you. And when you don't talk to them about these things, these spiritual, sacred things, you're missing what God's trying to do in your life. Would you please give them a big round of applause because they're awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Listen to godly influences more than your feelings. I remember I was in high school, and this girl came up to me. She was a good friend of mine, and, and, and she knew I was, I was strong in my faith at the time, and she wanted to get my, my feedback. She said, hey, I like this Mormon. Should I, should I date him or should I not? If you're not a Christian, if you're a different religion in here, love you, Jesus loves you, nothing uh, offensive or, or, or to knock you. But I just said, listen, it's not healthy for you to date this Mormon. It just would not be healthy. It would not be godly. It would not make you closer to Jesus. So I wouldn't do that. She came and, and, and sought my advice. And then you know what she did? She went and told the Mormon how much I didn't like Mormons. Thank you. Like he was on my baseball team and everything. It was so awkward. So awkward. You see, she asked me for my advice, but she didn't want my advice. She just wanted permission to do what she wanted to do. And we do that, don't we? We'll go and ask that one friend because we know that friend's going to give us permission. I'm not asking you to ask friends. I'm asking you to get godly perspective, godly perspective. You want to know when to date and who to date. The third thing you need to do is you need to ask God. First one, if you want to know who to date and when to date, honor your parents. Second one, listen to godly influences more than your feelings. Third one is you need to ask God. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom... You should ask, for, ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Students, I don't think we have a problem in our dating. I think we have a problem in our spiritual life. We just, we just accidentally don't ask God, God, should I date this person? Should I date now? What should I do in this relationship? I think the more we ask God, the more God's going to answer our, our blessings. I'm going to talk about a little bit about boundaries, something I'm passionate about. I have a kickball here. Do we have any kickball fans in the house? Mm. 
Mm. We have any baseball players? Baseball? Nice. Baseball? You like the Dodgers, do you? What does that say? Dingers? All right. What's PR stand for? Yeah. All right. All right. I'm all about that Hamilton Mill life. Come on, Mill Creek. All right. All right, so I love baseball. Derek and I love baseball. We play baseball. Actually, fun fact, Derek and I, got, Derek and I went to the same college, Liberty University. Go Flames. And um, my son, so I'm, I'm trying to teach my son about baseball, but before he can even, like, do anything with a bat, I'm trying to teach him just kickball for fundamentals. And so I got a very simple question. If my son, Riley, when he's four years old, if he played with this, uh, this red kickball, would you think that is bad? Do you think that is evil? No, no, it's stupid. No, it's not bad or evil. However, however, if I let my son play with this in the road, is that bad? Is that evil of me to let him do that? Yes. And I remember when we were in our front yard and we were playing and the ball went into the road and we lived off a busy road. And just like any other four-year-old, he just sees red ball. And he's going and getting it. And, and, and there were no cars, thank goodness, but he just runs right in the road. I said, hey, Riley, hey, come here, buddy. And, and I had to pull him aside, and I said, hey, uh, we're not going to play kickball anymore the rest of the day, and, and actually I need you to go to timeout. And I explained to him why you can't play in the road and why you can't just run in the road. Does that make me bad? No. You see, we have this weird idea that boundaries are actually a bad thing. Sometimes we have this idea that boundaries are bad, but actually boundaries are created to bring health and healing to you. I created boundaries for my son because I loved him, not because I wanted to lord over him, not because I didn't care about him. I created them because I wanted him to live. And we have boundaries when it comes to dating and relationship, not because God doesn't want you to experience something good. We have boundaries in relationship because God actually wants you to experience the best life ever. That's what John 10, 10 is all about. God's saying, hey, listen, I have a perfect life. I have a great way for you to have a healthy and happy and, and satisfying marriage. But there are certain boundaries that I need you to confide in, certain boundaries I need you to work in. And if you do that, it's going to be healthy for you and everybody else around you. And so from a young age, I realized boundaries were healthy. And so we're going to walk through some boundaries. Uh, and if you're taking notes, I want you to write these down. Do we have anybody in here that likes Krispy Kreme? Anybody that likes? Man, I love Krispy Kreme. Love Krispy Kreme. I have the Krispy Kreme app. There's an app, and if you go on it, it will tell you if the light's actually on. It will also tell you that you have a problem and you need to confess it. That's what it... So for me, Krispy Kreme, if I drive by Krispy Kreme and the light is on, if I drive by and the light is on, something crazy with my steering wheel happens. I don't even need to put it on. It just goes into the parking lot, and I end up in front of Krispy Kreme, and I get donuts. It's just automatic. I don't know how it happens, but when that hot sign is on, I just, without even thinking, I'll be on the phone, and all of a sudden, I'm getting a dozen or two dozen donuts. For my, why are y'all judging me? Dang, this, Derek, what's up? They're judging. Don't judge. So, like, I don't even try. I just automatically get donuts, and it's the same way sometimes in a dating relationship. It's like, man, I don't, even, I don't even try to get into a bad situation, but all of a sudden, at the end of the date, man, the hot light comes on, and I'm just all of a sudden in a place where I can't be and shouldn't be. Or, or maybe I'm fixed on God, and I'm focused on God, but all of a sudden, I see that dude, and he's hot, and I got to go sit by him, and now I'm sitting by him, and I'm drooling at him, and I don't even know how I got here. 
And so I want to talk about some boundaries that we need to look at, three different boundaries, three different boundary markers that I think are going to help you in your, in your dating relationship. The very first one is touch. Everybody say touch. We're going to talk a little bit more about this next week, but I want to touch base a little bit on it. And so you need to create some boundaries when it comes to touch. Uh, I had a, my very first relationship was really, really bad. I thought it was with a godly girl. I thought I was a godly dude, but man, we just did a lot of things wrong in the area of of physical touch. And so uh, my next relationship, I think I was a sophomore in high school, and it was with this girl named Sarah, and I sat her down. I said, you know what? We're going to do this right. I'm going to create some boundaries for her. And I think she was a freshman at the time. And I sat her down and I said, hey, Sarah, I want this to be a healthy relationship. I think we need to have boundaries. And I said, I think we shouldn't go any further than this. And I think it was like I said, I don't think we should go any further than, than kissing or something like that. And I'll never forget. She, she looked at me across the table. She goes, you think we're going to kiss? <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> no. Guess not. <laughs> what do you think we should do? <laughs> I'm telling you, men, men, look at me. It was really uncomfortable to have that conversation with her. Really uncomfortable. It was really awkward when she then confronted me that I was not even going to go to first base. Thank you. But men, you have to have that conversation. Men, you need to lead the way in that. You need to sit her down across from Starbucks and you need to look them in the eye and say, I want to have a godly relationship. I don't think we're going to go past this. And you need to let them say, you think you're going there? We're not even going there. You need to allow that to happen and not just allow it. You need to make that happen, men, when you start dating. Some of you are like, well, the pastor said I should go have this conversation, mom. That means I'm allowed to date. No, no, no. Whenever your parents say, don't, don't trick me. Okay. First one is, is touch. And I, I need to be careful with touch. Don't overtouch. You know what I'm talking about? We got any PDA happening right now? Any PDA? Don't be scared to point them out. PDA. <laughs> hey, if you're dating... PDA is just weird. Like, are you doing anything that's really wrong? Like, you're like, you're not even out of the batter's box, but because you're not even like kissing and you're not even this and that. But PDA is just awkward. If you're dating, don't do PDA. It's just so weird. Can I get an amen? Like, you don't need to be laying on somebody. You're like, like you're trying to have a conversation and then all of a sudden you're laying on them. No, keep talking. No, how are you doing? Keep stroking my hair. Keep stroking. No, so what's number four? Four? Oh. It's so awkward. Like, don't do PDA. It's so weird. All right, second one. Tangent. Second one. Time. You need to have a boundary set for time. How much time are you going to spend with this person? You need to set that. How much time are you going to spend with that person? If you don't set it, you're gone. You, you, you've already met people that they started dating, and you're like, man, I've never seen that person. I don't know if they got abducted by aliens. I have not seen that person in six months. They don't even come to school. They're gone. You need to set some boundaries with your time. You need to go up to your friends and say, hey, listen, if I ever start dating, I don't want that to change our relationship. I still want to hang out. You need to set some boundaries with time. And then the third thing is this, talk. You need to set some boundaries with what you say. 
It's so weird to me and awkward how much, if I can, can I be real with y'all? Can I? It's so awkward to me how much y'all say I love you. Like, like I'm on Twitter and, and Instagram, and all of a sudden, I know y'all started dating last week, and I'm seeing y'all back and forth. I love you. No, I love you more. I love you. I'm like, do y'all even know each other? Like, what is happening? And then what's awkward on Instagram is you go through somebody's deal, and it's like, they said I love you to like eight people, and they're in fourth grade. Come on. I was dating a girl, we'll call her, um, we'll call her Courtney. I was dating this girl, and, um, and we were dating for about 11 months, I think. How many of y'all going to dig? Anybody going to dig? <laughs> All right. I'm going to share this story at dig, so y'all act surprised, okay? <laughs> so we're, I'm dating this girl, and, and, um, and it's going good. But I have that feeling like she thinks it's going way better than I do. Like, I like it, but like she's already got names picked out for the kids that we don't have yet. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's a little cray-cray, okay? And so we go to the park. And now we're at the park, and we sit down, and she says, I really have something important to talk to you about. And if you're a dude, that's not good for one of two reasons. If, if your girl says, I have something really important to talk about, it's not good for one of two reasons. One is because she wants to break up with you. Or worse, we're sitting down on the bench, and she leans her head on me, and she looks at me with those eyes, and she goes, I just want you to know I love you. <laughs> me? I, didn't, I was in shock, and so I did what every dude would do. I said, thank you. <laughs> thank you. What? She was like, I love you. And I said, I know. I know. And I am so thankful. Thank you so much for that. That means a lot to me. I really. Mm. And then she, she proved my point. This is the thing. I knew she didn't love me. Like, I knew she didn't love me. I didn't love her. I didn't dislike. I just knew we weren't there. And so she said, I love you. I knew she didn't love me. I knew she was talking way too much about a relationship, going way too far. She shouldn't have been talking about certain things like love and kids and family and all these things that were inappropriate at the time, not inappropriate for any other reason. Then it just wasn't real. She was in fantasy land, and sometimes we get caught up in that. And so she looked at me, and she said, I love you. And I said, and I was sincere, thank you. I meant it. And I knew she didn't love me, and she proved it. Because a month later, she broke up with me. No, it was a good thing because I was like, but you said you love me. I was like, I told you. I was right in the end. You need to be careful with what you talk about. You need to be careful with when it comes to boundaries. You need to be careful with what you set when it comes to touching, when it comes to talking, and when it comes to time. Now, I remember I told y'all I used to live in Los Angeles. I lived in Hollywood. And when I lived there was when the invention of TiVo came out, DVR. Now, I just moved out there, and I didn't realize this thing was coming onto the scene. And so I get out there, and I'm calling my family. I was like, 
You're never going to believe this. Like, you pause TV. You walk out, and then you come back, and it's there. It was the greatest thing. I loved it. None of my family had it, you know, back from Orlando. I was just telling them all about it, and it was awesome. And I fell in love with TiVo. Does, it, does anybody actually have TiVo, or is it all DVR? You actually have TiVo, the brand TiVo? TiVo? Okay. Nobody knows about that TiVo life. Okay. It's DVR, the original DVR. So this is what I want you to do. So what are you saying, Pastor? What are you saying for me to do when it comes to dating? Who, when, and how? What are you saying? For most of you, if not all of you, what I'm saying is you need to get the remote and you need to click pause on it. And you just need to pause it. I'm not saying you need to stop watching that channel. I'm not saying it's a no because God created relationships. But for most of you, you're not ready. If you can't do the things we described, if you're not ready to take somebody in a healthy way, if you're not ready to do it in a healthy way, most of us need to hit pause. And it's a great show, which is why you get to come back to it later. But some of us, we need to be able to access the remote and just click pause. It's not a no, it's a not right now. And there's a big difference. Just because you're not dating anybody now doesn't mean you're not going to be a catch in a year or five years from now. And you need to stop listening to the people that say singleness is bad. It's not bad. You're preparing yourself for the greatest marriage possible. This year, come May. Yep, you can clap for that. Come on. This year in May, I'm going to celebrate 15 years. 15 years. And I'm going to tell you, when I, May 4, 2002, I was able to look my wife in the eyes, and I was able to say, you know what, I, I kept myself. I was a virgin for her. She was able to say the same thing. And we made that commitment, and we don't have a perfect marriage, but we have an awesome marriage, and I love her to death. And so I want to talk to you real quick. Maybe some of you are thinking, man, that's pretty awesome that y'all were able to do that, but what do I do if, if I've already broken like every single thing you've just said? What, what do I do if I want to have a godly relationship, but I've already messed up in these dating worlds? I've already dated losers. I've already dated these people that aren't godly. I've already dated Samson. What do I do now? And students, look at me. The reason you're in church is because of that question. Because Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But then 1 John 1.9 says that, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive you. First John 1 John 1.9, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive you. I told you I had a relationship that was not healthy, and I had to come before God. I had my Psalm 51 moment. I had to confess my sin and say, God, I've ruined this dating relationship, and I don't want to mess this up again. And I made a commitment that I wasn't going to say the words, I love you, until it was... It's the person I was going to spend the rest of my life with. And so I made a lot of mistakes, and, and, and Scripture tells us that if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just, 